it's good to see you. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, well, uh, doing good. Thanks. Uh, it's good to see you guys as well. It's been a while, especially in this kind of special time without events and uh, even not so many online events, you know. Every opportunity like that is uh, precious. So thanks for inviting me for a chat. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to, just to say who that voice is, so that is Slava, the CEO of Atwix, and I believe the board of directors of the Magento Association. So Slava, uh, we used to run into each other a lot and around other random countries. And now it's been a long time. A very long Absolutely. time, I think about it. I think the last time I saw you might have been... Meet Magenta Croatia comes to mind, but I don't think that's correct. Maybe Imagine. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe one of the last uh, Magenta Imagines we had. What was it? 2019? God, it's it's hard to remember now. <laughs> Which year was it? I yeah, I guess 2019. Story. Can I tell a funny story about Croatia? Yeah. Oh. So uh, you, you can give comment on it as well, because you live in Slovakia, right? Yeah, I do. But and where are you originally from? From Ukraine. That's right. Yeah. So we're in Croatia, and there's a lot of people there from you know Ukraine, Croatia, that whole region, right? And Quentin was there, and I think he was one of the few. There was probably two American men there, and um, most um, most men, not wishing to stereotype people from that region, were wearing black t-shirts, and they were, it's quite dev tech heavy, right? And Quentin isn't a programmer. And he was wearing, um, uh, I can only describe it as a Hawaiian shirt. It and was then, a Hawaiian-style um, shirt. A Hawaiian-style shirt. And about, I don't know, midway through the day, he comes up to me. And I'm having a ball at this place. Like I love Croatia. It's a great event. And he comes up to me. And I don't want to paraphrase you, Quentin, but he said something along the lines of, geez, these people are really difficult to connect with. Uh, so I turned around to him and said, it might have something to do with the fact you look so different from every other man that's in the room. No, I don't but, think uh, that was a problem. Maybe uh, uh, Quentin I wasn't a developer. drinks or after. Uh, I'm not a developer. I, I, I drank some of the, uh, what is the, the moonshine? And then everyone was cool with me. I drank some of the. Day, day uh, two, they were better with you, weren't they? Day, yeah. Day one. Day one, yeah, day one, day one, I was definitely the black sheep because I'm not a developer, and I had a, I had like a tie dye Hawaiian shirt on that I do really like. I should have worn it for this. It's really interesting because uh, you know we also have people from uh, different countries in the company, and uh, we kind of now kind of surface those of cultural differences that we, uh, um, of course, like before at conferences we met all over the world like people from different countries but uh now working day to day all of those differences they kind of surface more and more and i'm sure you guys have the same uh i know you guys also have uh, people from different uh regions but uh, it is kind of funny the way we uh, um speak which countries um have you got staff in do you want to guess a bit of background on your company the size and how long you've been going and specialities yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Adwix is uh, an e-commerce agency and uh, I started the company as a freelancer. So naturally I was a developer and kind of uh, grew naturally from me having a lot of clients as a freelancer and I started to hire people I knew uh, around from um, university. I was still studying at the university back then and uh, uh, kind of gradually we uh, found our specialization in Magento around 2010 and, uh, and over the last 10 years. We've been heavily involved uh, with Magento. That was our primary focus and uh, uh, quite active in the community. And um, yeah, so it went from just me to around uh, 50 people wow. uh, today. Um, yeah, and uh, we went distributed uh, around uh, 2000, I think 15. So about five, six years ago, um, I decided to move from uh, Ukraine to Slovakia and uh, uh, we kind of changed all the processes from being just a kind of company with one single office in uh, my hometown in Ukraine, uh, which is called Khmelnytsky, uh, to kind of being location independent. So we just decided, okay, why don't we treat our offices as uh, kind of closed uh, co-working spaces just for our own people? Mm -hmm. And uh, we opened office in Bratislava in Slovakia. We still had this one in Ukraine. And so uh, we kind of decided that we will not 
force people to come into the office. So that's a pretty uh, relevant topic right now because that's one of the things Karen and I, we, we sync usually in the mornings and in the afternoons. And we talked about, you know, we've been remote since March 2020 and we've got a really nice in-office culture and talking about how to translate that out into being remote. Like what were some of the big pitfalls that you saw with that? If you're familiar with uh, Seth Godin, uh, the marketing kind of guy, uh, Seth Godin, uh, he, he's the author of um, a couple of books and the marketing courses. So he, he also uh, started uh, what he called uh, alt MBA, so like alternative MBA. And uh, he's trying to kind of convince people that, you know, online education, it's not just taking the same offline format and just trying to stream it through Zoom or anything. It's like you have to change it completely. So uh, I think in, in our case with the offices, it's not like you can just translate that culture and uh, just mirror it online. Uh, some things we had to reinvent and uh, there were a lot of dilemmas we had to face. Yeah, you guys were ahead of the curve. I think that, you know, you guys doing this years ago, you know, as as we as people started going remote, you had it nailed. You're like, all right, cool. We've already, we've already got this. We have a question that we ask people whenever they start as sort of like our joke sort of culture question. I'm wondering if there's anything that you guys have like at Atwix, like what do you guys like embody? Do you guys have like a funny thing that we you have people say? Like, for example, ours is, you know, when we do all hands, um, I asked people when's the last time they got in a fist fight because it's a great way to break <laughs> the ice and to kind of make everyone laugh. You know, do you guys have anything like that that you guys talk about? And just as as a disclaimer, Shipper HQ, we do not fight each other. We do not have an underground fight club. Uh, it's just a way to make people laugh. At yeah, it sounds British a little bit. I wonder, like, where, where does it come from? <laughs> that, that one came from the American side. That one came from me, not from Karen. <laughs> That's interesting. We employ, uh, of course, uh, retrospectives and, uh, you know, activities like that within teams. And of course, they have their own daily meeting, but we try to give them autonomy on uh, how exactly they handle it. So again, that's a question of balance, especially as the company grows, you don't want uh, everybody to do in things different way. Uh, some people have face-to-face call and then, you know, they change whether like they want to speak uh, Ukrainian or Russian, if everybody's speaking Ukrainian and Russian in the team, or uh, they want to speak English, even though like everybody would understand Russian or Ukrainian. But so what's like the what's like the standardized language of Atwix? Because you know, in in, in most American offices where we speak English, and that's really kind of it. <laughs> you said English, Ukrainian, and Russian. If you do like an all hands, what do you, what do you run that in? English, of course. So okay. English is the default language. But uh, if um, I don't know, two developers want to discuss something and uh, mm. they're like both Ukrainians. Uh, you know, it would make sense for them to do that in Ukrainian. That sounds interesting. So talk to me about how'd you get into Magento then? So, you know, you started as a freelancer, started in 2010. Were you doing Magento for the first couple of years? I started in 2000, I think, six or 2005 as a developer mm. and Magento wasn't around back then. It was right. always commerce if, uh, if you guys uh, remember that platform. But uh, I was in high school, down so the I road, remember it. <laughs> well, I was too, but, <laughs> but that was what I was doing. So uh, in the end... I was a different uh, kind of high school student. <laughs> very clearly, <laughs> we, were, we were very different students. Quentin, was that getting pissed? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, I was studying it, sciences. I, I wanted to be a doctor. I was studying anatomy. Quentin was oh, just yeah. fine. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the anatomy is coming from. Exactly. You got to know where to punch them. That's really useful. Right. Um, yeah, it was always commerce, but uh, it, it got abandoned. But was it the was it the commerce element that drew you to it? Or was it the fact it was open source? Or what was the hook that got you? And then why are you still doing it? You mean always commerce or, or Magento? Just, I guess, oh, Magento. Both. So Yeah, Magento. Both. I guess we'll just take Magento. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we switched from always e-commerce in general yeah so yeah. like there, there are two parts in it so first like e-commerce it goes back to os commerce this platform and uh it was just uh randomly like i was a freelancer looking for any work and uh you know naturally php and uh that was kind of the platform i started to work mm. with as part of a project and then kind of this client started to give me more and more work and i got like into doing just that uh, I was really good at this OS commerce thing, but uh, then it was no longer good for the clients. Uh, like it was an old abandoned platform, and uh, we had a client who needed something better, and uh, that's how we okay we decided around 2010. Like our first Magento project is uh, uh, we see okay like what's the platform out there? What's the best platform? It was Magento, and uh, we did this first Magento project, and uh, 
I uh, attended my first Imagine, which was actually the first uh, Imagine ever actually hosted. And I was really impressed. I looked at this community and, uh, you know, uh, I was kind of uh, sitting at home <laughs> working all the time. And then I kind of get out in, into my first ever uh, conference and it was Imagine. And I was really impressed seeing hundreds of people talking about Magento, its future. And uh, I kind of decided, yeah, that's, that's what we got to do. But like, if we kind of, uh, you know, let's get to 2021 and skip the middle. Where we are right now today, what's your feelings on the community and on Magento as a, a development platform, right? Because the way I see it is uh, Magento is going more and more enterprise. Like how, how are you finding that move in terms of your business? Like, is that a place that suits you? And then you are, uh, what is your role in the Magento Association? Uh, now I'm vice chair. You're the vice chair of the Magento Association. But I would argue that the Magento community right now has a major fracture going on within it and um, is no longer um, the um, aspiring community that you talk about. I was too at that, imagine, in 2011, right, in uh, Los Angeles, correct? So so where are we yeah. today? Like, what, How do you see the landscape of Magento today from your perspective and being the vice chair of the Magento Association where my feeling is you kind of have, um, correct if I'm wrong, an obligation to the community and the ecosystem and the caring and nurturing of this and the growing of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now we're getting to fun questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew where I mean, the smile was coming That's from. where I, That's why so. I'm here, right? <laughs> I mean, it's Quentin's here to be nice. I'm here to ask the real questions. Oh, Quentin, okay. you can ask the real questions too, my friend. It's time you come over to the other side. Now we're back to the police station analogy as well, right? <laughs> good cop I, I am the good cop. She's the bad cop. That's not true, right. by the way. He's, he's no, actually, I, I am actually the bad cop. That's the yeah. thing that people don't know is I'm actually the bad cop. Karen's the good Th cop. That's what Karen makes you say, I guess, because she's a bad cop, right? <laughs> if, you sit, if you sit in an all-hands meeting, you'll find out pretty quickly that I'm the bad I mean, cop. Look, I'm just, all I'm doing is cutting the crap and going like, let's have a conversation because that's what everyone wants to talk about, right? Like, well, you, I think there's two things that people want to talk about. One is how is your business affected and how do you see it being affected as you go forward? And then how does that impact other people like you? Because I'm sure there's a lot of agencies that aspire to be the next Atwix and, um, you know, follow your journey. I think, you know, a lot of people have got a lot of respect for you. The other side of it is, uh, you know, Magento community. The floor yeah, is yours, yeah, Slava. Absolutely. So the Magento community and uh, kind of Magento itself is uh, absolutely not the same as it used to be even, say, five years ago, but uh, especially, I don't know, seven, eight years ago when we, or at least I just got involved and uh, things have changed for sure. Do I like it, uh, you know, from uh, from the standpoint of uh, kind of community feeling, having all those kind of friendly engagements and uh, interactions? Uh, of course, I miss that. I think COVID has uh, kind of made things uh, uh, much more difficult. And uh, now it's, it's kind of really hard to distinguish uh, which kind of part of it can we attribute to COVID and which part can we attribute to just general kind of business conditions and development of where Magento goes as a platform. But I think uh, definitely each of those uh, factors contribute to, to where we are. And uh, obviously we don't have in-person events. So that's uh, kind of something that hurts the, the ecosystem uh, in a way and kind of changes it from what it was before uh, events transitions online. Magento is is no longer kind of a separate and, and a standalone product that it used to be. It's no longer an independent company and uh, uh, it is part of Adobe. It is transitioning to Adobe's suite of products and uh, it is becoming a part of, uh, of Adobe's um, ecosystem, whether we like it or not. And uh, it's a different ecosystem yeah. for sure. It's change, a change is good, right? Change is good. It's whether or not, like you know, you embrace that change and um, can move with it. I mean, technology is all about change. But the, I suppose the big question for Atwix is: Are you going to? I'm assuming right now you're just in Magento, or have you diversified? Are you going to stay in Magento House? Are you looking at, say, for instance, Shopware, which is very big in Europe? How how are you looking at it? Because I see a large 
um, swathes of the Magento community in Europe moving over to shopware? Well, our client base is uh, mostly in the US, so maybe it's uh, a little bit different. And uh, yeah. uh, Magento is, uh, as a product, it's it's moving. And uh, I mean, it, it's not news right now because uh, I think it started with Magento 2, uh, actually, many years ago, uh, kind of the segment of uh, merchants who are kind of ideal for Magento shifted a little bit. Yeah. And uh, of course, like no platform can be good for everyone. And uh, Magento, um, maybe, you know, five, seven more years ago, it was like Magento 1 was uh, kind of more appealing for smaller segment of uh, kind of small, medium business. And now Magento 2 is uh, not kind of, is not probably catching this lower end uh, as good as Magento One used to be. It's simply just uh, too expensive for some businesses. Yeah, and, but uh, where do you do you see that going? Like uh, further, you know, northbound. Like, is that going to be? Is Magento just going to be for businesses that are say, let's let's draw some broad strokes, doing over five hundred mil revenue a year, or is Magento going to be suited to businesses that are doing ten, twenty mil? Because um, Adobe really does not play in the sub 100, 200 mil markets, right? Like by tradition, apart from via their SaaS products that are very much self-serve. But their, their yeah. kind of consultancy does not play, in my mind, in the kind of sub 200 mil market at all. So I'm just wondering if you think like there is a market for Magento in that because I'm assuming that you're not in the half a billion size customers. I mean, I could be wrong, but... For the, for the most part, I'm assuming you're not in those size yeah. customers. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, no offense, we're not quite there yet. And uh, the numbers you name, like 10, 20 mil, I think that's still a great fit for Magento. Yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe even less, maybe even, you know, 5 million a year online is uh, is fine. But uh, I mean, if it's uh, 1 million a year online business and uh, it's not kind of exploding and growing rapidly, and they are just looking to keep things, you know, running as they are. Maybe then Magento is not ideal. Yeah. Uh, but uh, regardless of Adobe's strategy, there is uh, Magento 2 open source and uh, nothing has changed there. Uh, I mean, in terms of like, it's still out there. It's free. Uh, you can use it. It's not more complicated than it used to be two or three years ago, right before the Adobe acquisition. So in that sense, I don't think anything has changed for the merchants. Uh, but of course... Um, I mean, if you're a 10, 20 uh, million business, uh, Adobe is still going to sell you a commerce license if you want it. And uh, frankly speaking, you might need it at that size. Uh, depends on your business needs and, and kind of setup. So um, I didn't see a problem there as well. Of course, like if we think about the corporate strategy of Adobe, yeah, probably they try to target their kind of enterprise segment. But uh, I really have uh, no idea, frankly speaking, what's their corporate strategy there. Uh, but, um, I mean, they're not rejecting smaller clients as well. But do you think those smaller clients or the people that were sort of affected in 2020, do you think that kind of stunted Magento's growth because the idea of being able to launch on like a big commerce or a Shopify is so much quicker and easier than, you know, messing around with an open source or, you know, going with one of the launch packages that agencies have, do you think that was a negative effect on them? Not necessarily. Uh, for example, we have uh, a client, uh, Burn very traditional B2B company. They're in West Michigan and uh, they were hit with COVID uh, big time and uh, that kind of forced their uh, digitalization. Um, mm -hmm. they, they needed to do this as soon as possible. And uh, we had the requirement to launch uh, a B2B site for them and not just a shop with a catalog of products, but uh, we needed to integrate to ERP, to a custom configurator for the custom products that they have, like you could build, they, they sell this electrical outlets that, that are built into the furniture and you can configure if you want like USB mm -hmm. or whatever. So like there could be uh, hundreds of thousands of variations of those products. Long story short, like we did it in six weeks uh, on Magento Commerce Cloud. So it's not that Magento is you know automatically means that you have to build the project for half a year or a year uh, you can do it quicker mm -hmm. and uh, whether like shopify or anything else for that matter it wouldn't satisfy the requirements of you know just being able to do this kind of launch first and then build on top of that because we're kind of still using that base and just adding and adding and adding features because you know the architecture planned correctly the first way first kind of time and, and you just like keep investing in the same platform versus if you choose a wrong platform 
then at some point you will have to change it and kind of start from from zero again. So in that sense, Magento, mm-hmm. you know, I like this older kind of slogans that Magento had, like a platform for growth or the last platform you'll ever need. Uh, I think that still holds mm-hmm. true as long as you have this kind of starting point where you're not just, you know, mom and pop shop, just starting and going online. Maybe in that case, Shopify or something else would be better for you. But if you are a more or less mature mm-hmm. business with established processes, and I don't mean you have to do half a billion in revenue, but uh, if you're, I don't know, 5 million or 10 million business, uh, then Magento could be a right solution for you. So that mid-market is still pretty viable then. I think what we see when we talk to merchants is it's kind of a concession where, you know, big commerce and Shopify, I think, are starting to kind of eat up. And Magento is kind of pulling up and conceding a little bit of that land. Yeah, uh, I'm sure some of the merchants, they kind of switched platforms for either, you know, old Magento One shops. Uh, I think they mm-hmm. definitely went away, many of them, to to competitors. But from our clients, our kind of way of working is we have those long-term relationships for many years where we kind of constantly support them, build new features and so on. So from our clients, uh, I think only one client uh, actually switched away from Magento over those last years, but everybody else just stayed. Did you maintain them? So to go back to one of Karen's questions, you know, are you guys looking to diversify past Magento? Are you guys doing anything? I know you mentioned, you know, if you're more US Mm -hmm. side, you know, Shopify, you know, big commerce who just recently IPO there, that's what's hot in the streets these days in in America, at least. Do you have either of those on your radar? Have you vetted them and said, you know, that's not best for us or how how do those stack up for you guys as as you know the CEO? Yeah, so for the business, uh, and I think this this would be a more broad answer to to what Karen was asking before as well. Like, I think uh, like why we are not uh, too worried about you know what's going on with, with the market overall in Magento is because I think the main asset is those relationships with the clients we have. And uh, okay, they're in Magento today; they're on Magento. If you know theoretically something happens and uh, Magento in a couple of years from now is no longer you know, the best platform for them, it's no longer working, it's too expensive or whatever uh, changes, then we can help them find another kind of home or solution and walk them over to to something else uh, if Magento is not the fit. But is that home with another agency? Are you going to say, hey, you know, this is Frank, Frank will build you a big commerce site? Or do you think that at that point, Atwix no, I mean, the if, decision if, say, if, hey, if it's, it's the client we are wor- working with now, like uh, in terms of size, that that's a good fit, uh, I think we'll, and, and if we see, you know, it, it will not probably happen just for one client. If something major changes and, right. you know, it's no longer a fit for multiple, uh, then of course we'll have to go to, another, to a different platform. And to answer your question, of course, as a business, we're kind of looking at alternatives always and uh, keeping our eyes open on the market and evaluating whether shopware or uh, something else would be a, a better fit. And, uh, you know, if it will be, uh, you know, we'll have to expand our portfolio. Absolutely. I mean, we, we definitely know a thing or two about that. We got we got pulled into Salesforce Commerce Cloud by a merchant. So, you know, all, all it takes is the right customer or the right dollar amount. And before you know it, it's like, hey, we got an integration on this platform. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of the European community. And uh, it does seem like that especially Germany, Netherlands, etc., is doing a big move to shopware, right? So would you consider a move based on the community pool? Um, and would you take that into consideration? First, of course, uh, community is uh, a big part of our job. And uh, this is what brings a lot of enjoyment. And this is how I personally made a lot of friends. So in, in my personal life, Magenta community played a huge role. And uh, I'm really grateful for, for that. And, uh, you know, we, we stay in touch with many people who are not even in kind of actively involved in the community anymore. So that's a big part of it. Um, but here, the primary consideration, we're talking about the business after all. So we have to uh, make sure that, mm-hmm. you know, the business can operate, that it makes sense for our clients. It makes sense for us. Considering the question, should we start doing shopware or any other platform? The primary factor to, to answer that question would not be what the community is doing. It would be like, is it a good fit for the merchants that we target? and our size of the company of course community yeah. can show validation that you know we would look into what community says like is it good in terms of code quality or features or relationship with the partners uh that is all to evaluate but uh, eventually the question is is it a good fit for our merchants yeah but but i think that there's another consideration as well which i'm sure you're well aware of which is uh that the community in fact breeds uh success of the people within it right Be, um, you know, the networking effect of the community is 
has benefited us all, right? Uh, our, our relationships across the world. I mean, even you um, trading in the U.S. as a you know a Ukrainian stroke Slovakian company has been aided by the network effect of you creating relationships within the ecosystem and the community that is around that. The same as me moving from England to America. There's no way without Magento and the community that that would have ever happened or ShipRHQ would ever have been as successful as it is or webshop apps, should we say. Joining the community comes with it very a lot of business relationships so if you take Magento, are we running the risk of actually the ecosystem is actually outside of what and who we are today and we are in a um, minority position in comparison to the big giants like Deloitte, Eccentrics, every, everybody else. And we see this within other platforms. Um, there's a lot of leads being passed internally based on a mate's basis um, and um, not necessarily fair distribution of leads are you running the risk where, yes, you've got really good clients now, but actually that whole lead generation dries up, becomes much harder for you, becomes much more expensive for you? It's because I do think that this is something that um, other agencies, especially those that are smaller than yourself, I mean, what, you're 50, 50 people? That, mm-hmm. that You know, these these agencies are considering and probably would really appreciate how you think about that? We join in this kind of bigger world of Adobe, and uh, we we now theoretically compete with uh, larger um, companies like Deloitte or you know EY or something like that. So we we have to be conscious from from one side. I don't think we will compete on on a certain segment because I don't think those big guys are going to do projects uh, that are I don't know hundred k in budget or something like that which uh, would be a good fit for smaller agencies. Uh, Another thing also for smaller agencies, it might be an opportunity to exit if they want to, because uh, right now the market, I think, is hot with acquisitions going on with with those agencies. Uh, But uh, in terms of uh, community, uh, there are multiple ways to define it. Like uh, it can be fun and friendships, or it can be uh, rather in context of ecosystem and uh, kind of solutions and partnerships. In that sense, uh, I think things have changed and we see uh, maybe less Magento or um, whether, you know, it would be named differently within the Adobe family, but a less reference to Magento as a product uh, that used to be here. And maybe that, that could suggest a little bit kind of different focus and uh, the partner webinars, partner events. Uh, there is not so much going on about uh, Magento itself anymore. Is it a danger for uh, for the ecosystem and uh, business in general? Uh, yeah, I think it, it's not helping. It could have been done kind of differently and we'll see if it will be done differently. At the same time, I think we as, uh, as agencies for sure uh, and kind of this Magento community, we live in a different world from from business side still from people actively engaged in the community the percent of merchant is not that high and uh, many of them they kind of still get um, the information from i don't know other sources or they're kind of simply not involved and uh, again that brings us to the business sense then if uh, companies still um, have solutions and integrations and kind of modules built for magento uh, that's the part of the community or ecosystem that merchants pay attention to. So it really depends on on those kind of on the community itself, so to speak. It's not like um, Adobe or um, anybody is there to kind of shepherd the community. It's it kind of lives on its own. If it was 2010, like Slava not having Atwix, and you were looking at looking at going into Magento 2 or going into Shop Shopwares. Uh, you know, ecosystem, what, what do you think you would choose? Do you know that decision where you said, Hey, I want to go into Magento. Let's say that's, let's say you're making that same decision okay. today, or you're a new, like here's, here's advice for a new guy coming in, new guy or gal wants to start an agency. Mm-hmm. They're they're between the Magento two path and shop shopware. What would you choose? Yeah. So back then we were small and uh, assuming that now I would be making a decision as a small company, not like having 50 people, but uh, let's say I was just starting and uh, mm-hmm. small, yeah, small company. company. Yeah. Uh, Depending on the market, like if I was maybe in Germany, uh, then uh, I would start from something kind of easier, like uh, Shopware or something that that would help me get clients easier. Like the Magento market now is, uh, I think, quite competitive. That's uh, one thing. There are a lot of agencies in this space and uh, it's kind of uh, really crowded and there are a lot of companies with 
established mm-hmm. kind of history. Well, there's Titans at every tier. At the at the base level, there's really good people. Mid level, there's really good people. Top, there's yeah. really good. And then there's a Deloitte and McKinsey. So like Magento, I feel like is a very established hierarchy of. of yeah. So in kind of fresh new markets, maybe that that would give you a better opportunity. But from the other side, on Magento. Uh, you have advantage, for example, as a developer join in this community, it's quite mature and you kind of can get in faster. I think that's the other side of it. You should be really proud of what you've built, right, um, at Wix and the, and the fact mm-hmm. that you're competing on this global stage. And, uh, you know, as I know myself to some degree, like doing that from outside of the country that you're mainly selling into is a very difficult thing, right? So I think you have a lot to be proud of and proud of the um you know, the reputation Atwix has got and, and the work that you've done within the ecosystem. Um, but I think uh, what people don't realize that I saw at the Adobe Summit, at that conference where killers are playing, uh, it, what became apparent to me was that there was uh, inside the wider Adobe ecosystem that is, which is the Deloitte's, the Accentures, and, and I would say much more enterprise companies and larger companies, right? You're talking companies that have got, you know, thousands and some cases tens of thousands of people, um, very little knowledge of e-commerce. Um, and that provides a great opportunity um, for agencies such as yourself. And I think we've seen this play out in the acquisitions market um, to be able to be uh, to be the commerce part um, or to be and or to be acquired by um, Adobe agencies that wish to add on that commerce piece. So, it seems to me that you're in a pretty strong position as a 50-person company for being acquired. So the question is, uh, why haven't you been acquired? And you're quite welcome to fire that one straight back at me. But, uh, you know, why, why have you not chosen the uh, acquisition uh, route? Because it seems to me that that would be a great route for you, right? With the expertise that you've got. First, um, you kind of mentioned the second time about being Ukrainian and uh, Slovak companies. So we have an office in the U.S. as well and a couple of people working there uh, on okay. the ground. So it's, That's uh, how you deal of... with it. That's like me. I'm the same. I mean, I'm English, and uh, but I have an office in the U.S. And once you open that U.S. office, it does open a lot of doors. Did you find that? Partially. I, I was waiting for a long time to do that. Like, I, I've been wanting to do that like really for a long time but uh, i was kind of still looking for the right person to to do that with but uh, it had to be somebody who could embody the advoc spirit and to build the relationships and be a kind of not just sales guy so are you not tempted uh, to move here and make the jump uh, to sunny and warm texas me personally no thanks uh <laughs> uh i think i'm i'm a european what? guy at heart why is that slava uh you know why, Karen? Uh, life is very different in the U.S. I think uh, a lot of things I used to are kind of European things and uh, just the lifestyle and culture and uh, just being closer to my um, kind of motherhood, <laughs> Ukraine, uh, parents and uh, kind of yeah, no, I, I, I do understand it. The food here doesn't suck, <laughs> but the as it's Yeah, and, and, and I, I'm not just, uh, you know, not even started to talk about food, but there are some upsides as well. Like adventure <laughs> motorcycling is uh, is nice. Like going somewhere in Utah or, you know, those natural landscape, landscapes are like, that's paradise. And, uh, speaking about the acquisitions, I'll tell you what the kind of, it's paradoxical that um, this year was uh, really bad for many and uh, it was a difficult year, but uh, for Atwix, uh, we uh, grew from like 30 people to 50 people uh, just in the year and uh, a little bit. So, yeah, same on our So, team. it's been, uh, it's now a period of like really explosive growth for us uh, as a company. And uh, I think it's not kind of the right time for us to uh, to be acquired yet because, you know, we're, we're doing really good and, and better kind of. So, um, yeah, I'm happy where we are right now. That's great that you have that confidence in in your journey, and I think rightly so. So um, I think you're gonna, uh, you are, and will remain one of the key players in the Magento ecosystem. So um, you know, I hope that you feel proud of of what you've done and what you've achieved because it's it's not it's not easy taking the journey that you know any any CEO takes. But I think uh, in in your case, I mean, you've you've bridged a lot of different things and moved countries and everything else, and uh, it's a, it's a difficult difficult journey right and you've managed to do that with um whilst maintaining a, a great company culture etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah thanks karen i think you can uh, um <laughs> do the same and and i i think uh, 
I mean, not do the same, but uh, kind of your situation is very similar. You would uh, agree with me that uh, you're never kind of uh, just, you know, taking time to to just, you know, sit there and be proud because, uh, you know, there's always challenges and worries and things on your mind that kind of you're thinking about. Yeah, it's not true. like you can, you know, it's not a computer game where you can hit safe and, uh, you know, you're saved and now you, <laughs> you can relax and you know, yeah. try oh, something. Yeah. You're always risking everything you have. So. It's That's so definitely freaking. true. I mean, people don't realize that there's often times where you could take your chips off the table, but you end up throwing even more in. And I think that's that's the thing about growing a business, right? Is that the the rewards uh, in some ways do become bigger, but I think the risks become you know um, exponentially bigger as well. So that that's definitely uh, interesting. But um, enough of prize. Let's talk about Magento Association. You know my feelings, and uh, I went to one of the things in Chicago, one of the meetings when they were uh, envisioning what the Magento Association should be and there was consultants there and one of the one of the things that that um, and actually I was dealing with an operational issue at the time so my laptop opened really peed everybody off because I was just typing away and they thought I think I think they thought I was scribing but actually I was dealing with an ops issue the one of the things that really um, struck me during that was really was that we already had a thriving community that was self-regulating um, and when we listened to the Drupal community woman speak, it all sounded lovely, but it did sound like there were a lot of problems in the Drupal community um, and a lot of infighting and the commercialization of it, um, the asking for uh, financial payment in order to be a member of the community, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, well, do you know what? We've never had to do this before. Why are we changing this? And what happens to the ecosystem? Because as soon as you put... I, I think uh, figureheads that are in charge of a community, what happens is, is that instead of people taking their own initiative and feeling free, they start to look to that community in order to do the work, right? And they look to that community to provide the, sorry, that, that association to provide the answers. So you lose some of the kind of more organic self-regulation and innovation that comes from a community that is driven by itself. That's my feeling. I think we saw this with Pre-Imagine. Like we ran Pre-Imagine for three years. We always felt of ourselves as being the temporary custodian of that particular event. Um, I believe it was successful. I believe that we managed to do it in a way that was non-commercial whilst being able to uh, have sponsors, right? Which is a difficult bridge to do. Um, when we handed that over to the association, we fully believed that a committee would be set up to run that event. And instead, it seemed to me that what happened was was that um, the consultants were paid to run the event and it become run by an external company, effectively. And I think that that's just an example of um, where I just think that the association fell down. And I will say that in this last year, I think there was a massive opportunity for the association to make its presence felt, to um, help this ecosystem, um, to be there for people. And I think people needed needed a group where they could go and mix. And I think the association missed a massive opportunity in being that provider of that or even stepping out of the way so that people could go and do that on their own i think that people feel like they can't do anything now and in my mind that actually is making the the fracture in the magento ecosystem bigger wider and faster yeah so um now you know we, we just spoke about the difficulty of uh running the company but uh i think uh you know go and try uh, around the association, <laughs> you'll find out, you know, it's a whole different story because uh, the association is uh, what it is. It's uh, an association of uh, people, community, and uh, um, a company is um, kind of easier to run in a way that you kind of have decision-making authority as a CEO or, uh, you know, as different executives, you, you can decide on things and you just can tell other people what to do within this company and uh, you know it will get done but uh, or not with the association the governing body of the association is the board of directors and um, the uh, kind of making decisions and implementing them when there are multiple uh, people kind of need to come to a consensus is uh, difficult like it takes time for it to get into the rhythm and then you're still dealing with the individuals who are volunteers and uh, everybody kind of have their own kind of different approach to this and the uh, amount of time they can dedicate. So 
can be um, difficult in that sense. Another kind of part of the story, like you mentioned, uh, this initial meeting, like Mark Leonard, I think he was the visionary behind um, the association initially, and uh, it got started, I think, before um, Adobe's acquisition and uh, kind of all of that ideas and the process, it, it was kicked off before that. And so it kind of coincided with uh, the acquisition then, and the whole process was then affected with all the transitions and uh, this kind of key visionaries behind the association transitioning away from uh, Adobe, Mark Leonard and, uh, you know, uh, Mark Lavelle as well. And so we uh, ended up in a position where we had to start um, kind of approach this as a startup. You're speaking about the commercial kind of aspect of it, but uh, it is inevitable part of the association, which is not uh, yeah, just a group I, I, of friends. Yeah. I, I get all of that, right? Like, it's easy to say, you know, these things take time, we don't have time and everything. But the reasonings for setting up this association, what truly were they? Like, in my mind, they were to look after this ecosystem and to provide a central resource around managing the community in the best interest of it. The fact that you've got so many people leaving the ecosystem, especially at an open source level, and the fact that, let's be frank, Adobe right now is given, as you admitted earlier, given less and less coverage to Magento. And honestly, Josh is absent the president of the association we don't see him like i think i do more um, and i have zero empathy generally i do more caring about the people in this ecosystem than anyone i see online really apart from ben marks and ben marks has left i just struggle to see like don't you wake up some mornings and go why am i even in the magento association maybe i should just re like resign because the association is it going anywhere? What's your plan? When are you going to execute on it, et cetera, et cetera? Because I don't think Magento is going to wait another two years for you guys to sort yourselves out. And and that's not a reflection on you. And I know that your job is, you know, important or any, everything like that. But it's like, I didn't sign up for this association. You did. I knew yeah. I couldn't commit the time. But you you signed up for it. But are you representing our best interests? And are the people on the on the association itself really represent in our best interest right now? I think I'll start from uh, from kind of your first question of why kind of we need the association and what, what it should be doing today. So there are things uh, which kind of go above that any individual company can do. And one example is Meet Magento events, for example. So we need a body that can uh, manage and coordinate Meet Magento events. And uh, it is more complicated than it might sound from the outside because even the brand Meet Magento, like the Magento world in it, is licensed. So you cannot do that without Adobe's approval and following like the branding guidelines and everything. So somebody has to manage that. But somebody there was somebody to... there was somebody managing that and didn't the association buy that off of them? But that was a going business concern that there's now become part of your job that correct me if I'm wrong, you do unpaid. Like, why don't you make Meet Magento um, push that back to being a commercially run enterprise? Like, why does that have to be inside the Magento Association? And why should you do it for free? Meet, Meet Magento cannot be outside of Magento Association because that, that brand, again, Meet Magento, it belongs to Adobe and is licensed to uh, to meet Magento and then license to, I mean, it's licensed to Magento Association, then licensed to meet Magento organizers. So there has to be somebody coordinating all of that events. And uh, that is the association. Why? It's unpaid because it is kind of the nature of volunteer board of directors. It's your and to, to avoid any speculation, like those people aren't paid. And I know it brings not just kind of pros, but cons as well. It can affect people's motivation, but that's why we, uh, are not there forever and uh, the board is to be re-elected and uh, you know anybody can yeah apply i just to, don't to understand be... like uh, magento used to license meet magento to thomas right thomas yeah Carlos. to meet magento association okay so um i'm struggling to see two things one is why don't you license why don't they just license it to a commercial organization instead of charity and then secondly there are other magento events that are not called meet magento already so why don't you just get rid of that part of it and actually focus on maybe some things that are probably more important than the meet magento events not to wish to get rid of those but i just think they would run on their own anyway and be called something else 
Um, why don't you um, focus on things like the actual nurturing of the Magento e ecosystem, um, the relationship with Adobe, the things like the marketplace, um, how agencies like yourselves can grow within this ecosystem, et cetera, et cetera, rather than focusing on something which, quite frankly, especially at the moment, is a bit of a non-starter. And, and just get rid of that because I get it. You, you want to volunteer to do it, but I would begrudgingly be there on the association worrying about events which effectively are there to help Adobe sell Magento. Right, like let somebody else worry about the events for their own commercial means. I'm sure that Nacho and people like that would go. All right, we'll create a uh, Mage Espana bank. Gone. Do you see yeah, what I'm saying? I, I don't. I, I don't think the Meet Magento events there were there for that purpose. Um, especially, uh, you've been to many Meet Magento events. I think too many. The aspect of selling uh, Magento licenses. I don't know. It was almost not existent there. I, I mean, like no. Talking about direct sale, but effectively um, promoting uh, the brand, so, promoting yes. the brand, promoting the community, and everything else. Like you're, but isn't you're that doing helping the for, ecosystem? May, maybe, maybe it is, but I don't. I think that it, it could be run as a commercial enterprise. And the other side of it is, is that there are other events like Mage Titans, and you're directly competing against them. You know, with this, when when really there's no need, right? It feels to me that the association remit is like. Wide and broad, and we know within our own company, Quentin, that whenever you talk about events, everybody swarms around uh, event work, right? So that becomes an unnecessary distraction from what is the real business of what the association should be about. Yeah, uh, it, it can be done multiple ways. There is no like single right way to do it. But uh, I would argue that Meet Magento was kind of the most successful network of but the events. It, and What was interesting to me, you say you put it to one side, but... Like, if you look at pre-imagine, right, like, we was running that event as a member of the ecosystem, right? In all yeah. good faith, we gave it back to Magento, Magento Association, and that, to me, should have been the one event that Magento Association did organize and run themselves and set up a committee for. But you guys outsourced that to a paid consultant to organize and run. And I just found uh, that extremely strange. Yeah, we didn't outsource it. That's um, the... Uh, um... The, the, the pre-imagine didn't happen. It didn't happen. The pre-imagine uh, because Magento imagine the, didn't happen. So no, it, it's the, supposed the, um, to kind of happen, and uh, we were the firm going in Chicago to make it. But uh, before it got cancelled, because we was involved in some of the discussions that was being run by the firm in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the pre-imagine itself didn't happen. But the uh, just to explain how it kind of works is. Uh, the Magento Association, as I said, is governed by the board of directors who are volunteers. And uh, organizing pre-Imagine or any other event, it requires much more kind of involvement than uh, you know the board can do at the same time kind of doing everything else. So we need help. And for that help, uh, there is an association management company uh, called Smith Buckland out of Chicago, which uh, kind of helps us, for example, sell sponsorship. Like I'm responsible for partnership or was responsible for partnership before I became uh, a vice chair. So I was taking call, uh, taking part in sponsorship calls, kind of checking in with sponsors, but also you need somebody professional to email those potential sponsors, kind of have meetings, qualify them, uh, sign the contracts, put together all that contracts. So who is going to do that? Uh, association needs help. And that's what kind of association management company does. As well as when organizing the event, we could use their services to help us, again, sell sponsorships for pre-imagine, for example, and fulfill all those sponsorship obligations mm. and to uh, basically do some PR, yeah, I, whatever. I get, I get that. But just so you know, like we did all that ourselves at no cost inside Shipper HQ before and organized all the sponsorship. And Yeah, but that, that you as Shipper HQ, but you benefited as a company from uh, the PR kind of you guys. I know, I, know. I would argue that other companies would have benefited within the ecosystem of being involved in the running of that. One of the reasons that we didn't run it as a committee, we wanted to, was because we didn't have the bandwidth to organize it. But this is what I'm saying is that I just think that, you know, like with a little better organization, I'm sure that you could have got five people from five different companies to organize pre-imagine and they all would have benefited from the exposure of it. Mm -hmm. And instead that went out to a paid resource. But I'm just, I don't want to get too hung up on the event yeah. side. I think that there's the wider question of, is the association 
I mean, do you think it's going to be here in six months or a year? Do you think it's ever going to do anything? Or is this where we are with it? It is uh, doing uh, something, Karen. And uh, for example, MA Connect is uh, happening at the end of April, 29th of April. And, uh, for that conference, uh, to your point, we are kind of following a different approach. And we are involving people from community like Marta, for example, from Poland, Marta Malinsky. Malinska, who organized the Meet Magenta Poland. She's helping helping us to organize MA uh, Connect. So this way we kind of supporting people within the community and there yeah. will be a community committee helping to select speakers and so on. But uh, now, because, you know, we have time uh, to do that and we have experience, but some things they just, you know, come at you on relatively short notice and, you know, with everything else going on, there might not always be time to set up committee and, you know, motivate people to do that. Uh, some things we just have to do quicker just like in any business so maybe you need more people on the association i mean look i'm not trying to take away from what you're doing and i i get i'm being a little harsh on it because i understand like that these things are tight i mean this is why i haven't volunteered right you could say well why don't you volunteer right because i know that these are a massive pull on you and and a very thankless job because you get people like me going hey what are you doing and you're going well i'm doing a lot but you don't see any I'm not. I'm not trying to beat you up on it, but no. it, I get the impression it lacks leadership. I mean, I've said before. I I think Josh should step down. Like in during COVID, I think we need a leader. I you know I actually think you'd make a better leader of the Magento Association, and we could actually then get some maybe more people involved, more committees going, and actually get some movement around it. I mean, for instance, what about a mental health committee? that is supporting people through these times in COVID. Like, you've got nothing. You've got no women's hour. Shopify is a, a women's happy hour. Like, there are a million things that um, we could be doing as an ecosystem. I mean, yeah. and so why and who is going to address that? Or, or do we just sit here and kind of wait? I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the uh, community event you run last year was fantastic. But that was one event in 12 months that I saw. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get it, Karen. And uh, yeah. perhaps like being on the other side, I would also be frustrating and expecting more from the association. And even, you know, being on that side, I also expect more from the association. And yeah. uh, we're kind of working on that. Things, uh, again, there are some complications which are not, you know, not everything can be exposed publicly. That's one thing. Another is, again, we're dealing with volunteers. Like you cannot force people to do something like uh, it totally depends on their commitment. And uh, I'm not here to speak for everybody but uh, we're as as the board together we're working to fix those issues and uh, for example you mentioned uh, ben marks uh, yeah he left adobe and uh, automatically he's leaving magenta association as well uh, we are replacing those mem members and uh, sonia uh, rister uh, i think you, you know about her she uh, kind of agreed to uh, she, to awesome. take one of those vacant uh, seats on the board and uh, we are kind of re-energizing right. the board and uh, getting things going and uh, Sonia jumped right in also to help with the event uh, of the main connect coming up and uh, uh, you know things are getting in motion and uh, it's it's kind of up to us to the community like the uh, association uh, I, I believe in it big time I think she, it will be here in 6, 12 and more months as long as Magenta is here because that's still the only entity to solve some of the issues that will have to be solved uh, when time comes. For example, uh, uh, what if Adobe decides to just take focus on commercial version of the product? Uh, let's say theoretically, you know, open source uh, will no longer be of interest for Adobe. Uh, I don't know whether that will happen or not, but we can imagine, for example, this happening. What's down? Like, who is the best um, entity to kind of maintain open source well, that, well, that was, be ben's, that was ben's vision wasn't it ben's vision was that um the open source version become part of the magento association but i i mean i gotta say that that given the fact that we can't you know organize ourselves you know whilst we've not really got much responsibility because there's no events and you know like you, you haven't got the source code right now, then I kind of strikes me that that would be difficult as well. And I think it points back to whenever you put central leadership, you are going to struggle. And, 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 you know, like with all the work that you're doing, um, you know, I would argue that it would be better if you was leading to provide that vision. Like it'd be great for Josh to jump on a AMA on Twitter or, or something, do regular tan halls. I've asked for these before, so that people could actually feel a connection 
to our community that we reside within. And I think this stuff would happen if there wasn't a Magento Association. So my argument to you would be, um, I'm not sure that the association is required because I don't know if you realize it, but back in 2012, 2013, I was kicking eBay pretty hard around some of the commercial decisions they're making. Well, right now, I don't do that anymore because um, we have an association that's meant to be looking after it for us. Right? Yeah. It, it, You've taken away our voice in many ways, I would argue. <laughs> that's what you feel, but that's what necessarily happened. Uh, I don't think Magento Association taken anyone's voice away that's one thing but the other is uh, like anyone is free to i don't contact adobe yeah. about anything or there's no um you can't have a discussion anymore on twitter because it will always come back to um well you know that's once one for the magento association like if somebody tries to start up another initiative like for instance if i decided to run um something like a women's hour once a month right then people would go, well, really, the Magento Association should be running that. Why are you interfering, blah, 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 so blah, blah. why wouldn't you come like, to well, Magento Association and say, okay, hey, Magento Association, why don't we run this? Like, I'm ready to leave the committee because, and do this. Uh, I tell you why. Because um, the actual um, fault of navigating through the communication channels to the Magento Association, just, just no. <laughs> Well, well that's, I, don't, uh, I don't have time. Sounds for like that. an excuse, Karen. <laughs> if you it's don't not. Have time no, it's to... not. It's not an excuse. What I'm saying to you is that I think that stuff happens a lot more, and from a reactionary sense, and used to happen a lot more, um, much faster. Whereas now it's been bogged down in political noise of an association. And I, I, I for one, are just I'm just not a big fan for that. Unless you've got somebody that's running that who's really able to inject something new and refreshing to the ecosystem. And I just be honest with you, I, I raised concerns at the start. We're, what, two years in, and I've seen nothing that tells me otherwise. I'd love to see the association be what an association should be. I just don't see that. Yeah, no. so uh, actually the town hall, uh, you mentioned communication, so the town hall is uh, happening in a month from now. So your Magento Association's town hall, you're welcome to join and, uh, you know, also ask questions and uh, we'll have a discussion there so that's uh, one thing to do and uh, about committees we're kind of having diversity and inclusion committee uh like we reached out to volunteers already it's been formed and uh i think you know things are going on but maybe it's not that visible with the communication i'm sure we could have done better and uh, yeah. kind of expressing outside like what it had what it looks like but uh i think it's being fixed uh again the town hall is already scheduled and may connect is uh, scheduled so we have uh two events coming up within the next two or three months uh, i think that's uh good enough and uh you know things are getting back on track but the main mm. thing is uh we cannot um like major challenge of the association is again having funds to run it unfortunately it cannot exist for free because it's a us-based uh, formal kind of corporate association which needs to be governed audited and you know all the formal things like just having it out there it costs a good amount of money and then you know we have to maintain the website we have to maintain obligations to sponsors pr like all, all of those things like there is just maintenance costs and we have to yeah. have partners to cover that and on that, we rely heavily on Adobe, which means like we have to also deliver to Adobe. Uh, we have PayPal, for example. We have other partners who support so us. So you're not but you're not really independent, then. You're actually relying. Why not? We have eight or nine partners. So uh, you know, the, you the more charity? we have, the more we have, uh, the more kind of independent we become in our kind of financial. Yeah. I understand that. I'll just point back to the fact that in you know um, up until the association was built, we did have a thriving Magento community. Um, yes, there was commercial aspects to it. Was Magento perfect? No. Was Preimagine perfect? No. Right. But we did have a thriving community that was able to organise itself. It was its own little army, and yet now we are down a. Um, a, a it seems to me um, a volunteer situation where you don't get paid, you spend time on it, you get beaten up by people like me. So it's kind of, it's a role that's difficult, which is probably why you're getting some people stepping down. But then on the other side of it, it's got to have some commercial aspect to it. Like the whole thing just seems extremely complicated for something that 
um, when um, if we roll back to 15, we didn't even need it. And we was, I would argue, a much bigger ecosystem at that point. So, um, you know, there, there is a correlation and a kind of uh, causation or how do you call this? Like if you see two things like happening at the same time, it's, it doesn't mean that one is because of the another. So if uh, the Magenta community is less active and, you know, it started two years ago at the same time Magenta Association was founded, it doesn't mean that community is suffering because of the association, you know. You know, I think, you know, I speak for all of us in the Magento ecosystem to say we do really appreciate what you do with the Magento Association. We know that it's a difficult job, especially when you're dealing with the Karen Bakers on the other side of it. Um, so um, thank you for being there and thank you for, you know, not just throwing the towel in. Thank, thanks a lot for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you.